2: This is TalkSport Daily.
3: Hello and welcome to another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host of the Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast. Andy Goldstein, yeah, you get, it's the same joke, recycled every day and still doesn't work. Anyway, on to today's podcast and we begin with uh, the Simon Jordan show called The Final Word. Ironically, that's never going to happen. Uh, Danny Kelly alongside and they reacted, of course, to the horrific scenes of St. James's no, not Mike Actually, but of course Manchester United lose it. If you keep chopping
4: and changing the manager as Manchester United doing, I and mean, I'm not suggesting for one minute that that's not a successful thing you can do because Chelsea do it all the time, but for Manchester United, it reflects badly on Ed Wood, The man who's been expected to make the to make the decision, Ed Woodward, it reflects badly on him, doesn't <laughs> it? Well, it all reflects badly on him because ultimately his, his responsibility, who he hires and who he fires, and ultimately he reports in to the Glazer or, or to Joel Glazer Um, because that's who owns the football club. But you look at it and say, the decisions that he's made have not brought Manchester United anywhere near where you you would anticipate Manchester United would be. Now, that, that being said, 18 months ago, United were the second best team in the country, had done the double under Jose Mourinho of two cups and looked like they were going into a direction that might see the rebooting... Of this this dynasty, this empire that was that was that we see as Manchester United, and all of a sudden everything seems to have capitulated. Mourinho not getting his centre half in that summer of 2018 brought about a dark and sinister Mourinho and brought about a decline in Manchester United. Which I, I can't, I can find excuses for Louis Van Gaal, I can find excuses for David Moyes, I can find excuses for Jose Mourinho. I find no excuse for Ed Woodward to be in a situation where he thought that Olegon Gunnar Solskjaer was... The right person to take Man United for. It's one of those sort of trite comments, Danny, where if you if you if you if you wake up in the morning and you you know if you go to bed at night and you think that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was a solution and you wake up in the morning and you still think it's a good idea, then you should go back to bed. It's one of those sort of trite comments. <laughs> well, what is the question you're trying to answer? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, but, I mean, but they they must both take responsibility for something else that was glaringly obvious today, as we see Marcus Rashford shivering on the pitch with nerves as the ball comes towards him. You know, they both knew when they sold Romelu Lukaku... My God, it took it took three months to get the deal with Inter Milan done. They must have known they needed a centre-forward. <laughs> to gamble Manchester United's fortunes and future on the idea you're going to convert a wide attacking player into a Premier League centre-forward, when there are people like... I'm just using him as an example. Callum Wilson yeah. at, at Bournemouth. Bournemouth, of course, will say, we don't need your money, whatever. That, that looks like dereliction of duty to me. To me, it does too. I don't have dereliction of duty, but I understand where you're going with that. But you look at it and say, you know, United clearly had a problem with a centre half, so they've they've gone and bought Harry Maguire to make him the, the you know the the bedrock, the mainstay of their central defensive unit. But I I often sit here and 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 and, and wonder at some of us that observe on the fact that we see things that managers work with on a daily basis, and somehow we know better. And I think to myself, I hold myself in contempt at times. But when you Mate, look... So I hold you in contempt Thank you, well, Danny. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I throw that one to you. And I know you wouldn't miss the swing at it. But I look at this and say, how can it be? It's totally and utterly implausible that anybody in their right mind would let allow, if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has settled on the fact that he's happy with that score. Two questions. Was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer s- happy with the fact that his main centre forward was being sold? If so, he shouldn't have the job. If he wasn't happy with it and, and he hasn't done anything about it, i.e. he hasn't got the currency, then he shouldn't have the job. Either which way, you put yourself in a very invidious position as well as to social because you simply do not have the tools to hold order with Manchester United right now because the decline is steep.
3: Staying with the theme of Manchester United and Newcastle, Matty Longstaff was talking to GC, it says here. Gemma Collins is now on TalkSport.
5: A bit surreal to be honest. Uh, can't believe it's true, but obviously happy with it. Uh, I found out yesterday after training, we went through a few set plays and I was in it. and I, To be honest, that's probably the most nervous I felt through the whole day and a half. I think at the first initial, when you find out you're a bit, oh, I'm going to play in the Premier League against a top side like Man United, you're a bit nervous. And then as you're getting closer to the game, I think. Nerves are still there, but uh, they sort of ease off a bit, and once you get playing it, you're fine. Tell us about the build-up to the goal. Did you sort of see it in it? You figure out what's going to happen, uh, basically. Um, to be fair, I just kind of thought, get there, your box? No one's there. And so Jetro started to like, stutter a bit with it, and I just and I, luckily Lee found us with, with his good vision, and I remember coming back and just thinking, oh, I hit it. And Once I hit it, I just kind of sort of hit the back of the net, and before you know, I was celebrating with the fans. <laughs> Does Sean talk you through the game at all? Yeah, I think having him there, it's a massive help, I think. Short of day, I think. I think he's he's the best player. and um, kept everything ticking. I think just playing with him uh, makes it a lot easier for me. All credit to the lads as well. After last week, it's a terrific response, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I think after last week, we we know it wasn't acceptable, and uh, we had to give the fans something as well. And I think as a team and as a squad, we kind of trained well this week. And uh, going into the day, we knew that we had to show a big reaction. I think we done that. Now, I think lots of players with international break coming up look forward to the fortnight. I bet you're really irritated. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of them things, you know, but at least it'll give us it time to sink in and continue working hard and trying to improve. So that's the main thing. Chelsea next, isn't it? <laughs> uh, the, the games don't get much easier, so uh, it'll be a good test.
3: Staying with Sunday. And on to the Sunday exclusive, which is not really exclusive. Just Sunday's the only quick part of that scenario. Anyway, Man City lost at home. 2-0 to Wolves. Mm, that's annoying. Anyway, this was the reaction with Mark Saggers and Jamie O'Hara on the Sunday, open bracket, not really, close bracket, exclusive.
2: Q... Huge exodus from the Etihad. It's Manchester City nil. Wolverhampton Wanderers two. City caught on the break as they were trying to throw everything forward, looking to level matters. And what's been a fairly shocking day by their very high standards. The ball broke, the counter-attack, and then Adama Traore again. You know
6: the biggest thing for me watching the game? was that they run out of ideas. It's the first time I've seen Man City going forward where they looked like they didn't know how to get it into the back of the net. They were brilliant defensively, Wolves. They hit them on the counter. But that I've never seen uh, Man City cross the ball from deep so much. Mm. They normally will try and play through the lines to get Sterling down the side. In the end, Jesus was coming short, Sterling was coming short... All the things that Guardiola doesn't want them to do, they were doing today. They run out of ideas. I mean, what
3: do you have to say from watching that performance today and one or two others this season? Defensively, they're very vulnerable. So, therefore, if they don't take any chances up front, then they're a vulnerable side still.
6: Yeah, I just think, for me, looking at it, Wolves... And the manager got it absolutely spot on. He played a 3-5-2, but he played with two centre-forwards that were willing to run beyond. And we said it before the game, get behind them. Fernandinho and Otamendi are going to struggle. They're they're aged, they're not quick, and if you can hurt them in behind. And that's exactly what they did. Well, I mean, not
1: over-egging it, that could have been four.
3: Yeah, I mean, Man City had lots of the ball, but never really created a great deal with it. Um, listen, we've said City have had times like this. I mean, I wouldn't go too. And once again, I wouldn't I'm go not too going high over the top. No, not, no. N- There's no need to go too high or too low. But all you would say at the moment is, you know, for a City team that finished the season so well, to do the treble as they did mm. the domestic treble was it 18 wins and whatever the number it was, it was phenomenal. They've already dropped eight points. They've had two defeats and a draw already mm. in the first eight league matches of this season so far. You know, you know you're know, you asking for a, a, a heroic performance between now and the end of the season to, to get that gap back. Liverpool don't look like, and, and they're getting a little bit of luck, granted, but you earn your luck. You earn your luck because you keep going, you keep going, you keep going. Liverpool just look mm-hmm. like they have more ideas how to open up teams at the moment than watching City today it just it may have been an off day for them we'll give them a little bit of leeway that way but all the credit's mm. got you go to Wolves. i mean, me defeats, defeats then to norwich city and to wolves yep.
7: and a draw well i mean they're unlucky in many ways against spurs
6: the biggest thing for me draw. is that they look they've been unlucky with injuries with john stones and laporte who for me are fantastic oh. players but um losing vincent company I said it at the start of the season, I said it's going to be an issue because who's going to be the leader who's going to take that club forward and keep them going and keep being that captain? I think they've lost that. They've lost it at the back. John Stones has struggled, Laporte has got injured and they've really struggled to have someone that can come in and be their Vincent Kompany. You know, Liverpool have got that. They've got Van Dijk. You know, they've got the fantastic players at the back and the front three. But Man City are lacking it.
3: I go to every game with City, and I'm very disappointed with City's um, la- lack of creativity today, especially in the midfield. Um, you can see that we're definitely missing Kevin De Bruyne, but that, that's how it goes. We have to, we have to, you know, come back from it and move on after the international break. I think, as far as the title is concerned, nothing's over till it's over. But it's going to be very, very difficult now. We've we've had a lot. I'm not making excuses for no. City because I'm honest. It's going to be very difficult now to claw those eight eight points back. I know mean, last season we did it. But Liverpool are on form. I know they, you know they may be getting a little luck here and there with the penalty from yesterday. But like I say, we move on and um, we just have to build on this. And after the international break, hope that KDB comes back. But I think where Pep Pep's downfall is, he didn't go out and replace uh, Vincent Kompany. Well, and yeah. now the course injured, we're in a mess.
0: I'm Paul Hawksby, and this is Talk Sport Daily.
3: Over now to our sister station, TalkSport2. I've uh, referred in the past to TalkSport2 as not really a sister station, more of a sort of a mad uncle you see once a year at Christmas, and I've been uh, told by the powers above to continue that theme of slagging off TalkSport2. So anyway, on to whatever channel this is, and a Spurs caller reacting on game day to, of course, Tottenham's defeat to Brighton. I've got to be honest with you, mate, um, it's just been a complete shambles from start to finish all this season, to be honest. I think Posh has lost the dressing room. Um, he doesn't know where Ndombele plays. He tried to play him as a CDM, but I think he can play further forward, if I'm honest. And there seems to be some unrest in the dressing room, and they just haven't got a clue this season. They've not got it down. I just wanted to know what your thoughts were, to be honest, and try and establish what's going
7: on. That's a big, bold claim. Let me just bring in Alvin Martin, because uh, Ryan has just said there, Alvin, that Potts has lost the dressing room. That is a massive, massive claim. Can you see signs of that with Spurs? No, no look, today I can imagine that, that people would look at the Spurs' performance today and, and maybe come to that conclusion. But I watched them against Bayern Munich, Adrian, and they started off with, like, well, they were really fast. They were at it, um, and they got the first goal in the game. So he missed a couple before that. Neuer was certainly the busier goalkeeper in the first 20 minutes. And then I think they were given a lesson on the night in, in finishing. The only difference between Spurs and Bayern Munich um, in the Champions League game was that Bayern Munich finished You know, their, their, their opportunities off, where Spurs didn't. So I thought they, they were a team that were, were certainly up for it that night. Today was a different proposition. They just didn't look up for the game and they never got going. The aggression that you associate with Spurs wasn't there. But that one performance doesn't say to me that he's lost the dressing room. I think he's got a lot of players in there. And today, Adrian, I felt that the Spurs played with a lack of confidence. Dyer played in midfield, he looked out of sorts from the word go. He hasn't played much football and he, and he, he, he certainly got a decision wrong there. Uh, he, he made a change, he went to a back three, he tried to mirror what, you know, what, what, what the opposition were doing and it still never happened for him. Larisse, you know, it was a weird um, sort of incident right early in the game, was well, three minutes into the game where he makes a mistake and injures himself at the same time, and that looks like a serious injury. And and I think from that moment on, I'm watching the game and I'm thinking... Which Spurs player is going to start having a go here? You know, is Harry again going to start shaking his fist around? But they just seem to just accept that things were going against them. And that's not like Spurs. It's not like Pochettino's teams. I don't think he's lost his dressing room, but I think what he has got is a dressing room full of good players, but lacking confidence.
3: Back now to the Sunday, not really that exclusive show. And Jamie O'Hara talking about his former club, Chesterfield. Millwall, my mistake. Wolves, I mean, Blackpool, So Fulham, Gillingham. Ricky to Tottenham. Tottenham. Talking about Tottenham.
6: It was the most lacklustre performance mm. I've seen in Tottenham in a long, long time and, you know, you bang on. The problem for me is we've signed three players. Endon Bellet we've signed who, who looks a good signing but he's not playing in his right position. Uh, he's an attacking midfielder. We're playing him CDM. Uh, Sesson Young's coming. He's, he's injured and Nacelso's injured. So we needed to freshen up the squad because you could see it was coming to the point where he was looking a bit aged. But the problem is, is we've signed players that ain't playing. And now you've got uh, Trippier left. We didn't replace him. Aurier's coming, as, as, has not been good enough. So he's put Sissoko there, at right back. And I like Sissoko. He's energetic, but he's not a right back. And you could just see at the back, every time Brighton looked like going forward, we looked so scared of the pace that Connolly brought to the team. And we've been found out the has been found out older world's been found out and we look like a team now where it's thinking with potch it always used to be young lads vibrant they were at it you know mm. you w- didn't get a second against tottenham all over the pitch they were pressing 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 now you know what i watched it yesterday and i was like this is not this is not the that of them team that Pot- <laughs> team on, has put team
5: together.
3: on to the barry Glenn Denning show or, as it's called, the warm up show where they play that silly game that doesn't have any rules that no one's cottoned on yet, that they just name ex footballers. That's the. There's no law, there's no rule. People phoning on, oh, what are the laws of out? There aren't any. They just name. F- anyway, this is them with that Max fella. Phil Starbuck, Ian Orlney,
2: Bob Boulder, Mustafa Hadji, Yusuf Chippo. Goodney Bergson, Mike Hooper, Roger Joseph, Peggy Arthurxad, Ian Marshall, Espen Bardson, Dane Whitehouse, Craig Forrest, Nigel Jemsen, Ludek McCloschko, Alan Kernahan, Bobby Mims Ian Ormondroyd Steve Sutton Steve Sedgley Vinnie Samways Imre Varadi Trevor Hebbard Gary Bannister Danny Maddox Ruben Akbula. Gary Penrice. Gary Waddock. Gary Charles. Romeo Zondervan. Steve Androbus. Mickey Jean. Ian Calverhouse. Decent game, though. Yeah, really good game. Well done. I'm Jason Cunningham. This is TalksportSingles.com.
3: <laughs> and last, but by no means least, of course, the greatest show on national radio, and that's no, not the Andy Goldstein Sports Bar Monday to Thursday from 10pm, but of course, the Andy Goldstein Trans Europe Express with me, Andy Goldstein, Andy Brassel, and Chris Parrott. Ah, uh, what's his surname? Parrot. What was it? Parrot. Parrot. In the news at the moment is Pochettino and he's going through a torrid time, of course, at Tottenham. And we were talking in the meeting, I know you and Chris um, came up with a fantastic similarity between what is happening with him and Tottenham now and Klopp when he was at Dortmund. Um, Maybe slightly different because, of course, Klopp, I'm not rubbing it in Tottenham fans, but, of course, Klopp had won the title, I think, twice, 2011, 2012, but then did get them to the Champions League final the following year. And then, very much like Tottenham, sort of everything went catastrophically wrong. Is that a word? But it is now, anyway. It is, but, but yeah. It is. The backside fell out of it. I think is another way of saying it. But so, w- what are the similarities, if any? Then, what have you found?
1: So, I mean, it took slightly longer. Um, if, if we look at Borussia Dortmund, took them to the Champions League final, Jurgen Klopp in 2013, lost to Bayern at Wembley narrowly. Again, another similarity: they lost to a domestic rival in the Champions League final. Uh, it wasn't until the season after when everything suddenly plummeted. They were bottom of the league, Dortmund, in February. Bottom. Borussia Dortmund. They had made it through in the Champions League to the last 16 where they got knocked out. Um, He then did a press conference midway through the season when he basically said, I'm leaving at the end of the campaign. It's a natural conclusion. Um, He looked exhausted. Um, It wasn't the happy Jurgen Klopp that everyone had come to love at Mainz and then at Dortmund. Uh, And then he did leave and there was a sense after he left that having lost the Champions League final, that was the end of the story as opposed to the beginning. And he couldn't take a club of Dortmund's considerable size any further because a club of that size, if they do well, the best players get poached. They did anyway because Goethe and Lewandowski left to Bayern. So if you look at Tottenham, there are definitely some similarities there that Pochettino, you sense, has been battling against teams with bigger budgets and bigger histories for, you know, ever since he stepped into Tottenham and he's taken them an unbelievable uh, way forward. But can he ever go further than a Champions League final? Um, And if you look at Jurgen Klopp, he then joined a club in Liverpool where a defeat in a Champions League final was not the end. You know, in Kiev, it wasn't the end of the story. In fact, it was almost the start and they came back and they won it and they're top of the Premier League and flying high. And you wonder whether Mauricio Pochettino might leave Tottenham it hasn't got as bad for him at Spurs as it did for Klopp at Dortmund but mm. you can certainly see some similarities and, and and just everyone saying some people saying oh Poch, you know he should go he's a bad coach he's not Klopp wasn't a bad coach when it went wrong at Dortmund either
3: But that's it for another podcasting thing. Well done. Good work, everyone. I'm glad you enjoyed that. You all did because you've got all little smiles on your massive heads. And, of course, if you are Jason Cundy listening to that, then I'm bang on the money. Anyway, a quick reminder that tonight being Monday night, you can, of course, check in with me and the fun boy from 10pm on the Andy Goldstein Sports Bar with me and him. And you can do it on Tuesday, although Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, we're on drive. How about that? Yeah, we must be doing something right. Or talk to the desperate. Either way, that's where we'll be this week. Thank you for downloading. Of course, there'll be another one along at the same time ish tomorrow morning, and so on and so forth. And uh, keep telling friends. Remember to subscribe and tell your enemies, actually, or just tell anyone. If you want to stand in the middle of Oxford Street with a sandwich board on that just says "Andy Goldstein's Talksport Daily Podcast," there's no money in it, but send me the pictures and I'll retweet it at AndyGoldstein05. Thanks for listening. Be safe, everyone. Be safe.
2: That was a podcast from Talksport.